eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. From Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray trying to become top-of-the-rotation arms that can pitch Washington to a championship to a guy who climbed that mountain, Steven Strasburg. The news this week, while not stunning or even unexpected to me and many others, was very sad and is a punch to the gut. Uh, Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post wrote, going back to Saturday, I guess it was, that Strasburg's not been able to perform any rehab activities for over a month. He talked to three sources that told him that the 34-year-old right-hander has been shut down uh, and is not doing anything right now physically to try to get back in the rotation because he can't. Uh, he's dealing with severe nerve damage was what Doherty said, and there's doubt within the Nationals organization as to whether or not he'll ever pitch again, Toby. Yeah, it's really sad. And honestly, if you, your first thought when you hear severe nerve damage, it's not to think that can he get back on a major league mound again? It's can he live a normal life again? Can he get back to being able to just being a husband, a dad, a regular human again without having to deal with pain in his right arm? And who knows if that's going to be the case? And that's kind of sad because this is a guy that was drafted by the Nationals, was one of the highest rated prospects of all time a guy that everyone was excited to see you remember his first performance where he goes out there and strikes out 14 you remember you know most strikeouts through his first three games as a starter you remember all the hype around him and he lived up to it honestly I had a buddy text me like was he did he underwhelm was it like the dude has a career ERA of like 324 and won a World Series MVP like you can't ask for much more and he's one of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time like it in my opinion, this is probably the end for Strasburg, and I kind of already come to terms with that. But to see it in writing from Jesse and just see the reporting that maybe he's not going to be able to just live a normal life afterwards, it's kind of it's kind of sad to see for Stras. Yeah, when he pitched once last year, and it was about a year ago this week, I think, when he pitched uh, his one game and he left the start and 
there was a setback and he had pain again and and they had to go back to the well on trying to figure out what was wrong and Davey, if you remember, shortly after that was very emotional and kind of fighting back tears, talking about Strasburg and what he'd been going through. <clears throat> That's when I decided, like, this is not going to work. Uh, I didn't know for sure he would never pitch again at that moment, but that was kind of what I had prepared myself for. That was my expectation. And then this offseason, as I talked to some people around the ball club about, like, where we were and what was going on, it became very obvious to me that if he pitches in the big leagues again, it'll, it'll stun them. And, and that it's just not something the organization thinks is going to happen. Um, it's a seven-year, $245 million contract that they gave him right after he was the World Series MVP. And while it's easy for me to crush that contract now because he'd had so many arm problems and so many injury issues, you know, going into that offseason when he pitched all the way through the World Series, he was coming off of you know, his – workhorse year a 209 inning season where he led major league baseball and uh 33 starts where he posted every five days and 250 strikeouts and top five in the Cy Young balloting and he had mostly been pretty healthy for the couple of years before that so because of that I didn't kill them when they signed him frankly I was just desperate for them to keep one of their guys I wanted it to be Rendon at the time that hasn't worked out for him and the same contract by the way seven and 245 with the Angels you can make the case that that's been almost as big a disaster and he's been on the field a lot more. Um, but, you know, at the time, I think I was probably happy about the deal because Strauss was coming back and they were extending this window with, with elite pitching. But it, it's a nightmare contract. And if, if we could have removed our emotions at the time, the moment they signed it, it was a terrible idea just because of the age and the injury history. But that aside, right, as he's now going to kind of be able to collect on that deal. And it doesn't sound like the learners have any insurance to your point, and, and I think you, you said something that's more important. So number one, we have a baseball podcast. We have a little bubble of baseball talk here. I mean, this is about a human being and I do hope the best for him and his kids and his wife. And like that, he's able to just go throw the ball in the yard, you know, and, and wrestle with them on the floor and not have pain. Like that stuff's super important uh, from a baseball standpoint. It's amazing to me when I hear people crush this guy's career or talk about like, if, as if he was a disappointment or if you want to do a what could have been bit with Steven Strasburg, I think that makes sense because he was hurt so much and his career got derailed by injury. Like he could have been Verlander. He could have been Scherzer. He could have been pitching till he was 40 as a top five arm in the game. Like that, that if he was a healthy guy, was a was potential. But he was so damn good when he pitched. Like he might have been the best pitcher in baseball over a couple of year stretch. He led the league in strikeouts in 2014. He led the league in innings in 2019. He led the league in fielding independent pitching and, and home run rate in 2017. Uh, his first season when he came up and punched out 14 Pirates in the debut that you referenced, still one of the greatest nights of sport of my life at Nats Park. First time I saw the ballpark come to life. That year, Toby, he had 12 starts. It was like a Fernando Mania kind of thing with Strauss. 68 innings, 92 Ks, 12 strikeouts per nine. Like, no one could hit him. He, he had a sub-three earn run average and a FIP of 2.08. Uh, the next year, he made five starts and had a 1.5 ERA before he got shut down with the injury. When he threw, he, he was great, and he pitched this team to a World Series as the best arm on the staff the entire October run. Like, this was an unbelievable career, and I hope people acknowledge that. I, it's complicated, but this notion that, like, man, they should have done something else at number one overall. Yeah, right. You're crazy. Dustin Ackley went, too. Like, the guys that went after him all stunk. He was a stud. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, and I think this goes with two things I want to bring up. One, this is why us as sports media fans on Twitter and different things need to be careful on the expectations you put on people. If you're telling me that a guy like Steven Strasburg underperformed, well, then you put too much expectation on him because you expected him to be the all-time greatest pitcher of all time. And that's fine. You can maybe hope that he does that at some point, but to put those kind of expectations and then Strauss goes out and has the kind of career he does and you say he underperformed is ludicrous. And two, something that I thought was really cool to see with Strauss. When he came up, he's this guy throwing 99-100. He's electric. He's just blowing guys away. And then you think of the World Series run, and it's a guy that's throwing a changeup in a 3-0 count because he's got so much control of his pitches. He's throwing curveballs in 2-0 counts because he knows the hitter is not going to be looking for it, and he turned into a pitcher. And to see the evolution of Strasburg's career and see him evolve as some of the injuries took away some of that velocity and see him just turn into such a complete baseball player was really cool to see, and it's sad to see it come to an end, but, you know, as as tough as it is, 2019 and seeing him on the mound for that World Series was phenomenal and a cool memory, kind of one of the last memories we'll have with him. Yeah, I'm just looking back now. I pulled up the 09 draft. So Strasburg was the number one pick. Uh, Dustin Ackley, Donovan Tate, Tony Sanchez, and Matt Hobgood went two through five. Uh, just to give you an idea. Uh, if you're looking for arms that had long careers, Zach Wheeler, now with the Phillies drafted by the Giants, uh, he was the sixth pick in that draft. Um, Mike Miner, who was the seventh pick in the draft, kind of had a great second half of his career with Texas and a couple other stops. He was drafted out of Vanderbilt by the Braves. Um, Aaron Crow, the Royals took, got to the big leagues. Uh, A.J. Pollock, longtime major leaguer, went 17. Shelby Miller, 19. Kyle Gibson, uh, now with the Orioles by way of the Rangers and the Twins, uh, 22 overall. And then Mike Trout, who's going to go down as the greatest player ever, went 25th that year. He was from Millville Senior High in, in New Jersey and not a lot of scouts got to see him because of the weather and the schedule and the fact that it's upstate, uh, you know, here on the East Coast. But um, that'll go down as one of the great late first round picks ever, obviously. But the, the point of, I'm making is like if Paul Skeens, right, is the pick for the Nationals at number two overall. I saw people debating this a few weeks ago. Like if he became Steven Strasburg, would that be worth the pick or not? And like that's not even a conversation. It's so stupid. Like, oh, you mean a guy that finishes routinely in the top 10 in Cy Young balloting that multiple times in a three-year stretch uh, in the prime of his career is in the top five in Cy Young balloting, who pitches you to a World Series title as the World Series MVP, who's an all-star more often than not in the prime of his career, you know, who, who's one of the toughest pitchers to deal with in the league for years. That's a like, yes, it could have been better, but he was what they thought he was. And uh, I guess that's all I... You know, I, I wanted to get across about Strasburg. By the way, there was a, you know, the, the second round of that uh, draft in, in 09, just, oh, by the way, was almost better than the first round, like, crazy enough, or at least, you know, the supplemental round picks. Nolan Arenado, Jason Kipnis, DJ LeMahieu, wow. Corbin uh, went 80th overall that year. 
Kyle Seeger, Will Myers, Brandon Belt, uh, Miles Michaelis, Dallas Keuchel, Paul Goldschmidt went like 246th overall. Uh, anyway, um, we could keep talking about the 09 draft, but Steven Strasburg sucks. It's sad. It's disappointing. But uh, we've very likely, as we all kind of knew, seen him for the final time. One thing, he didn't come to opening day this year. I kind of wish that he would have. I understand he doesn't want to take away from it. I'm hoping that maybe next year or at some point he can return to the ballpark and people can give him an ovation and just recognize how much this city appreciates what he did. Because I think, you know, he's probably got to be going through it as someone that is trying to come back. I know he probably still wants to compete at this point. He doesn't want to be the guy that got paid the $245 million and basically did nothing for the franchise and be the guy that we're all going to talk about for years as one of the worst contracts in D.C. sports history. But I hope that at some point he can come back to Nats Park. Maybe it's not in the next couple of years. Maybe it's you know after he's officially retired. But coming back and having his name put up in Nats Park, like I'm excited for those sorts of memories for Strasburg where he can feel the love from D.C. sports fans. Very well said. I echo those sentiments. I will verbally. Retweet my guy, Toby Altizer.